the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Time now for the Church of the Week, showcasing churches and pulpit ministries from across the greater San Francisco Bay Area. Very special guest joining us on the program today, a man who continues an incredible spiritual legacy spanning well over 50 years of ministry to the San Francisco Bay Area. In fact, his father first founded the church and was in leadership for the first 50 years. And now to continue on that legacy, we're joined today by the senior pastor of Rehoboth World Outreach Center in Vallejo, Pastor Danny Jefferson. Pastor Jefferson, welcome. Thank you so much for taking some time to be with us today. Thank you so much, Craig. I appreciate it. I'm honored and uh, just glad to be here. It, it's a delight to spend some time together uh, because there, there's there's so many aspects of the ministry of Rehoboth that I want to kind of dig into today and kind of peel back the layers of the onion. But one of the things that I want to start with is my my opening remark, the the legacy, the continuance of this legacy. This church was actually founded by your father, and he passed the mantle on to you. Tell us a bit about some of the, the early roots of Rehoboth. Yeah, you know, uh, in fact, uh, this coming Sunday, um, well, December the 4th, we will be celebrating 70 years in ministry. Um, 1952, my father uh, dug the well. That's what the name Hoboth means. It means a well, you know, like a well of water. And uh, he started the ministry in 1952 um, and in Benicia, matter of fact, and uh, was there for a number of years and then migrated to the city of Vallejo. And then finally we, um, after about three or four years, came to the location that we are now. And so uh, Rehoboth has been in existence for uh, 70 years, impacting our cities and communities. Uh, my father uh, was a man of prayer and, you know, one of the most um, impressive things that I continue to receive even now, 70 years later, people who said, you know, your father did this, or my life was touched because of that, or or, or the ministry was, uh, you know, once I, I was a member back in the 50s or the 60s. Uh, so I'm still finding um, people who have been touched by his ministry, and it, it, it always reminds me of the legacy that uh, I now am entrusted with. And, you know, to the greater degree, that legacy is each and every one of us, uh, one that we are responsible for, uh, whether it's the legacy that we leave and the way we raise our children, the lives that we touch in our day-to-day comings and goings, at work, at play, whatever it might be. Each of us have a unique opportunity to leave a imprint, to leave a mark, so to speak. I guess the question comes down to what will that mark look like? You know, I remember a preacher one time at a funeral saying, you know, the, the one thing that I've always thought of when my, my time finally comes is how will I be remembered? Meaning, will I have made a difference? Will life have been better for others? Will have I left the world a better place than I found it when I came? And of course, I think that's something that God will also judge us on based on this tremendous gift that he's given us in his son, and the responsibility that each and every one of us have to pass that message along, to to leave that spiritual legacy, be it to our children, or as I say, the lives that we come in contact with each and every day. So true. He has, he's definitely left a rich legacy that I am proud of, you know, in a time of, let me say, controversy with the churches and pastors sometimes, we never have had a scandal, have never had any type of uh, issues in these manners. Uh, uh, he was a man of integrity. You know, today you have to say that, you know, not always the case. He was a man of integrity um, and uh, he left a basically untarnished legacy, which I really appreciate. 
Um, and uh, I, I just hope that I can be half the man that he was. <laughs> and, and what a joy to have that example to look up to, you know, as we're all aware, far too often these days, so many children grow up in broken homes. They lack true mentoring. Mom might be doing her very best, but she can't handle it all. Maybe dad's doing his very best, but he's not capable of being mom. And and the one thing as we look at the world around us today, we see increased levels of violence and look what's going on in the political turmoil in this country, you know, from a day and an age when, yeah, we all had our differences, but we, at the end of the day, agreed to come together, set aside our differences and try to work toward common solutions for the greater good of the whole. A lot of that seems to sort of fallen by the wayside, at least in the political arena. And, um, you know, there's a lot of turmoil. I think a lot of spiritual turmoil in our nation today. And, and I would wonder how much of that is because um, young people today don't have the benefit of having a, a role model, a complete family to look after and say, this is how a healthy marriage should be. This is how a son should be treated by his father. This is how a mother should raise her daughter, uh, let alone even examples of just what it means to be, number one, a good citizen of the United States, but more importantly, a, a good citizen of the kingdom of heaven, which a lot of people kind of set that aside too. Church is something we do on Sundays and we go back to Monday through Saturday living like the devil. And uh, sadly, in our culture today, I think that attitude is is glaringly painful. Yeah, you know, there are a lot of complexities out there with our communities and, and with our nation right now. And uh, we are definitely living in a time that is unprecedented, I, uh, politically, uh, socially, and, 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 and also religiously. Uh, so it is... You know, I always tell people, you know, uh, who are interested in pastoring, I, I sit down and talk with them and, and try and find out what is the origin of their desire. Is it something that they feel like they're actually called to do or is it that their mama called them or their wife called them or their cousin called them? Or do they think it's just because it's so important for us to realize that you can't, you know, I, I, let me put it this way. If you want to be a pastor or be in ministry in this day, the complexities that we face are unparalleled to what my father faced and uh, I think any previous generation because our world is changing with technology and with philosophies and, and so much that we're dealing with. Uh, it's, it's, it's definitely a different world from what... Uh, uh, what 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 was it's it's a new world that we're dealing with and but you know I think God gives us the grace um, in every generation I think every generation has had its challenges I think every generation has probably felt the way I feel uh, about what we are facing now in our nation in our world and and I, I think that God never leaves himself without a witness and he uh, raises up men and women to do ministry at whatever particular time, and he empowers them to do it in that time and, and graces them for what they need to do in that season. So I'm just glad to be one of those that he uh, selected. Some folks might look at what's going on around us these days and um, use that as a good pretext to run and hide. We've seen this, in fact, you and I were discussing a bit prior to coming on the air today about some of the impact of COVID and that during COVID and the lockdowns, there was an inclination towards putting services online. So now the church can, can still gather together, if not literally, at least virtually. Now that we've kind of shifted into more of a sort of a, a post-COVID lockdown environment, Folks are welcome to come back to church. We have vaccinations available, and yet they've kind of used that as an excuse to stay away. And, and still others that say, you know, Pastor, I feel overwhelmed by everything that I see going on. I, I just want to kind of hunker down, hang with my group, and, and, and not engage the world. And yet the one thing that strikes me about your ministry, and you've been involved in not only church leadership, public service, community outreach, you're apparently a very strong advocate of education. The, the one word that keeps coming back to me to kind of look at 
if there's any word that kind of typifies not only your pulpit ministry, but the ministry of Rehoboth down through these years, is the word engagement. And engagement, of course, is quite opposite of the notion of go run and hide and, you know, lock yourselves in and, and let the world kind of work out its own problems. Engagement says, no, you got to get out there because we have a message of hope that the world desperately needs to hear. They may not know that they need to hear it, but they need to hear it. No, no, you're so right. Um, engagement has definitely been a hallmark of our ministry. In fact, the vision of our church is empowering people to change the world. I believe that uh, engagement is really what the gospel is about. Um, Jesus um, uh, said to the disciples when, when he was talking to us, I believe today too, is that you are the light of the world and, uh, and that you are the salt of the earth, which means that we have a, a transformative uh, presence in our communities to transform our cities. And we can't do that in silos. We can't do that in in-house only. You, you empower people to go out to transform these these various entities, uh, this, the, the, the world. And so, yes, our church focus has always been engagement. But, you know, I am, I'm, I'm slowly coming to uh, I guess maybe, uh, you know, all of us have to learn how to adapt in every circumstance, in every situation. Just as I stated before, each generation has its challenges. So I'm even looking at um, streaming as another congregation. You know, I'm looking at that. I, I pastor multiple churches. I pastor the in-person church that the folks come through the doors, but I pastor those online that, uh, uh, many times I've never been able to talk to or have a conversation. So it just means that um, I have to learn how to adapt to whatever trend or whatever way that the Lord is opening up. But yeah, many people are, are still staying at home. And I talk to many of my colleagues, we all deal with the same situation. Uh, but I think that some people were unhappy with church as it was prior to the pandemic. And I think that uh, in in my conversations that um, some people have not returned because they don't want to. <laughs> Simple as that. You know, they don't want to. And, and to me, what that does for me is it causes me to evaluate what am I doing and how am I doing and you know, because at the end of the day, we're called to reach people where they are. And and I think like anything, we need to always continue to, you know, uh, be available to fresh uh, ways of doing things. Absolutely. You know, the mandate was given to go out into all the world and preach the gospel. And from a practical application, you know, if we all went out two by two, if you look at the expanse of the world geographically and numerically, I read the other day that we've, we've, we're starting to, to flirt with 8 billion inhabitants on this planet. When you think about that, if we all went out two by two, I don't know that we could, practically speaking, reach all the world in a lifetime. It's just too far and too many. But there are technologies that have been made available to us that we can harness that will allow us to do that far more effectively. I, th I think of the Apostle Paul who said, I am all things to all men that I might win some. And I'm thinking, you know, in a different context, that might mean that he can hang with the Jews and the Gentiles. In this context, I think it might mean that he can preach in the pulpit on Sunday. He can preach until they fall out the windows if need be. Right. And he can <laughs> preach on the radio. He can preach on television. He can preach on the Internet. Any methodology available that allows the preaching of the word to reach the hearers. You know, God's word promises us that it will not go out and return to him void, but it will accomplish his good pleasure. And I see no caveat in there that says, if only spoken inside of a church or if only spoken on the radio. There's no conditions to that. Absolutely. There's no question. Uh, and that's what I also appreciate with this radio station as well and this, the network of stations that uh, are represented here. You know, uh, you need as many mediums of uh, reaching people as you possibly can. Um, 
because I'm one of those who love Christian radio myself and, and listening to the word of God and listening to various ministries and um, getting the flavor. I minister to, as I minister to others, I minister to as I listen to Christian radio. And uh, I, I think it's just a viable tool, it has always been a viable tool. Um, when I was in my secular work in terms of working for Kaiser Permanente, I was listening to it every day on my way to work, on my way home from work, and was blessed and changed in many ways based on that. And so I totally agree. Any mode that we can reach the world, we need to take advantage of it. Pastor, I want to spend just a couple of moments for folks that have been eavesdropping on our conversation saying, boy, you know what? I really like what Pastor Danny Jefferson's had to say today. I'd love to come and check out the church. Tell us a little bit about what God is doing at Rehoboth Church and some of the service times and uh, different programs that you guys are offering to folks in the greater Vallejo area. You know, uh, Craig, we're doing very well. We only offer two services right now because we are still, um, you know, I have been, every church has had its own philosophies. Uh, Some churches have continued to, to have services, uh, during the pandemic, we shut down for a little over an hour, a little over a year, I guess it was, or about a year. Uh, but we are back and uh, been in the swing of things for over a year now. And we have two services. One is Wednesday night. It's online only. However, we're getting ready to, uh, in the beginning of the year, in January, we'll be going back to in-person Bible study. Right now, you can catch it on, on online uh, through YouTube, uh, as well as uh, Facebook platforms, uh, and that's at 7 o'clock. And then, of course, our in-person worship services uh, on Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. And we welcome and invite everyone, um, no matter who you are, where you come from, um, we are a church that is uh, uh, making reconciliation a focus of our ministry. So what does that mean? It means that Wherever you come from, whatever your background is, you're welcome at Rehoboth World Outreach Center. Uh, we don't care anything about, you know, some people say, well, you know, pastor, what if they come in with this on? Or what? They, uh, we don't care what you have on. If if you came in naked, we have some sheets. We'll, we'll wrap you up. <laughs> <laughs> we don't care where you come from or what your circumstances are. Um, and uh, it's just a community of people that will love you uh, right where you are. Um, we, of course, have a women's ministry, uh, men's ministry, the typical things that churches have uh, for fellowship and for uh, empowerment. Um, we are uh, very involved in uh, those kinds of things, and uh, I'm looking forward to a, a more vigorous and more robust, robust uh, offering in 2023. Some things I, I've been slow about um, rolling out because we, there's still been these hot spots of COVID. But it seems now we've pretty much we know how to live with COVID. If you'd like to get more information about the ministry of Rehoboth World Outreach Center in Vallejo, you can find them online at Rehoboth, W-O-C-R-E, H-O-B-O-T-H W-O-C for World Outreach Center dot O-R-G. They're located at 245 Holly Street in the city of Vallejo and you can call them at area code 707-642-9705. That's 707-642-9705. And our thanks to Senior Pastor Danny Jefferson for being with us today. Pastor Jefferson, it has been a delight to spend some time with you today, and I look forward to the opportunity to do so again. God bless you. Thanks so much, Craig. Appreciate it. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 7. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 7, which is our foundational scripture that we've been using for this is week number, or this is sermon number 5. Amen. As we've been talking from the theme, New Creation Realities, the born-again believer. Amen. New Creation Realities, the born-again believer. 
Amen. The scripture reading that we have for today as our foundational scripture, amen, is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 7, which says this, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold. Everybody say behold. What does that word behold mean? It means to look, take take notice, look, see, look, something's happening. Behold, all things are become new. Amen. That's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I want to continue uh, today to underscore the point of the importance of this series want to continue to underscore the importance of this series. This series is designed for you to see yourself in a new light as a new as as new creatures in Christ Jesus or otherwise referred to as the man in Christ or believers or saved. This is designed for you to be able to see yourself in a new light. After this series, you should be able to see yourself as the word describes you. You ought to see yourselves as what? As the word describes us. Amen. This should also translate to your fellow believer. Amen. You ought to see them as the word. Just as you see yourself as a new in new ways, you should see each other. We should see our fellow believer in new ways. The revelation of the believer in Christ is a, a, a new creature is what we're learning today. Amen. That is the new man that is in Christ, as I stated before. To see the believer otherwise is to see wrongly. Amen. If we don't see ourselves as new creatures in Christ Jesus or our brother as new creatures in Christ Jesus, we see ourselves wrongly and we see each other wrongly. The truth is most of us have a mistaken identity because we see ourselves in light of our past. Sometimes people see themselves as what they were. They see themselves as what they've been. They see themselves as what they have done. And they see themselves as their past or front in light of their past. We see ourselves as others have defined us. Too often we are, uh, I don't care if you're an adult, if you're grown, some folks are old, and they still see themselves as somebody defined them. Maybe as their mother defined them, or maybe as a teacher defined them, as a counselor defined them, or someone else who had influence in their lives, and they see themselves in light of what somebody else said. And sometimes that ain't always a good thing. Some people are grappling with uh, low self-esteem and low self-worth based on what somebody has said about them. Sometimes it's your own siblings. You know, they talked about you. Your big ears, your big nose, your big head, (laughs) whatever it is. You know how siblings can be. Amen. They can be cruel sometimes. But I want you to know that this series helps us to not allow anybody... Did did you hear what I said? To To not allow anybody to define who we are except God. I don't care what you think and I don't care what they think. What does God think? Amen. So therefore we should not allow others to define us. We are still seeing ourselves through our failures. Sometimes people have had failures in their lives and they can't get past those failures. And I don't care whether the failure was last month, last week, last year, last decade, maybe two, three decades ago. They're still defining themselves through their failures. Did you know that you are not your failure? Your failure is an event in your life, not an identification in your life. It was just an event that took place. But it did not mean this is who you are. Never allow your failures to define the rest of your life. 
Some folks, and then if, if, if you're dealing with people that hold you to your failures, you need to get away from them. You can't stay around with people that hold you forever in a place of failure. You can't do it. They will not allow you to progress, to become something else, to become someone new. But they will hold you to where you've been. Remember, remember. Do you know that God takes your sins and he does never remember them no more? Thank God for that. Thank God God is like that. Thank God he does not He don't say, I forgive you. I, I bled and died for you. But you know, you remember when you did such and such. You, 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 I, I forgive you. I know you're blessed. And I know I got you, I'm giving you favor. And I'm doing all this stuff. But you know, you remember when God never does that. He doesn't do that. Once he forgives you, he forgives you once and for all. And he never brings back your past again. Your past is your past. Everybody say, my past is my past. I know a lot of people that can, cannot move beyond the mistakes of their past. They are pigeonholed to one place. Johnny went to jail. Boy, he's a jailbird forever. No, he went to he went to jail. He did whatever he don't do. He paid his price, and now he's he's somebody else. Give him a chance to be something else. Don't hold a person to their past forever. I'm preaching already. Amen. Amen. Thank God that God did not define us by our past. God has already created us and see see God sees us as a way he knows what we shall be. He knows what he's already created us to be. He already knows what he designed us to be. He already knows what he has planned and he's not intimidated by any mistakes that you've ever made. God is not saying oh they made this mistake or they made that oh this is over with I'm done with them. No no God loves us. He knew you were going to make it before you ever made it. He saw it before you ever says, you got to understand that God sits out inside of time. He already knows what you're going to do before you do it. And he still loves you. Everybody say, he still loves me. He still accepts you. He still wants you. He still is still got his arms stretched out to you and saying, come to me. I, I love you. I know where you've been. I know what you've done. I was there at the midnight. Listen, I was there at night. I was there in the corner in the back. I was there wherever you were. <laughs> Whatever you was doing, I was there. I was there in the bar. I was there in the place. I was there wherever you were. I was there. And I still love you. I still want you. And I still accept you. <laughs> and I'm still saying, come on. Come to me. I ain't trying to. You, you can't fix yourself. You can't get yourself together. You can't change yourself. Come to me. Let me handle whatever it is. I'm big enough to handle wherever you've been. I'm bigger to handle, big enough to handle your problems. I'm big enough to handle your past. I'm big enough to handle your failures. I'm big enough to handle your mistakes. I'm big enough to handle whatever you've been dealing with. Come to me. And so, therefore, it's important for us to allow God to define us and not allow people to define us. We see ourselves through the lens of society. So many of us see ourselves through the lens of society, and that can be a bad thing. Because society may have all kind of stigmas on us. Based on our ethnicity, we see ourselves. Based on our socioeconomic status. Amen. Some of us, you know, sometimes we see ourselves through the lens, amen, of, of rich and poor. You know, middle class, how much money we got. But guess what? No matter whether you're rich or whether you're the poorest person in the world, God still sees you and loves you and accepts you just where you are. And we must see ourselves in light of what God has said. Some of us see ourselves through the lens of denomination and through church affiliation. Amen. And sometimes that can be problematic. 
because sometimes God is, is seeing us in a greater way than even our affiliation. But seeing ourselves in any other way than what God, how God sees us is a mis, is, is we misperceive ourselves. As believers, many, if not most of us, suffer from an identity crisis. We have seen ourselves and other believers wrongly. Amen. The word new, remember a new creature in Christ Jesus, the word new implies fresh. Amen. Those of us who grew up in the 80s era, we call things, oh, that's fresh. That's fresh. Amen. I mean, that's clean. That's, that's, that's nice. Amen. If you, do they still say it? Okay. All right. Amen. Then I ain't outdated then. <laughs> so, new implies fresh. New implies uh, un unprecedented. It means also uncommon. It means unheard of. It's fresh. The word creature refers to uh, persons. Amen. In other words, any man in Christ is a new creature indeed. You never existed until the new birth. Which means that whatever it was before the new birth, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter who you were before the new birth because when you became the new creature in Christ Jesus, the Bible says all things have passed away and behold, all, A-L-L, -L, all things have become new or are become new. Amen. So whatever it was, doesn't matter. But after that, everything is new. Here's an awesome reality for the believer. He is seen as though he never had a past sins or wrong in his life. Amen. When you receive the Lord Jesus Christ, no matter wherever you've been, it's all been wiped away. That's a wonderful thing. It is the new creature for us. Amen. Therefore, amen, our mirror is the epistles. The epistles, what do we do? We look into the word of God, but we look into the epistles. Those are the books of the Bible that is Romans to Revelation to, to find out the nature and even the culture of the new creature in Christ Jesus or the new person in Christ Jesus. The epistles is the family album where we see our true identity. Turn with me to James chapter 1 verse number 18. James chapter 1 verse number 18. Let's see what James says about the new creation in Christ, but also as it relates to the word. He says, of his own will begotten, begot he us with the word of truth. The word begat is like someone who has uh, uh, brought in a child. You know, uh, males beget something. He, you, how many of the children you have, you beget them. Amen. And so we were born or birth. Amen. He says that what we were born of birth. He birthed us through the word of truth. He birthed us through the what? The word of truth. So the word, the gospel that we preach today. Amen. Is what brings forth the new birth. The gospel that we preach today does not require faith, but the gospel that we preach today brings faith. Amen. There's a difference. Amen. It, when you require faith, you had to come to the word with faith. You can't come to the word with faith. The word produces faith in you. Faith come by what? Hearing. And hearing by the word of God. So the word produced faith, and when faith came, it produced the new creature. It, it produced the new birth in Christ Jesus. Are you following me today? And so James says, of, of his own will begat he us, what? With, W-I-T-H, with the word of truth. What? That, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. There's that word creatures again. We are something different than what we were before. Bible says in that other scripture says if any man be in Christ he's a new creature means he's a new creation. He's a new species of being. You're something that you were not before. And we're not talking about that based on actions. We're talking about that based on birth. On birth, you became something different. 
Amen. You became a part of the new creations. Amen. The Bible says, he says, skipping down in the same chapter, verse 22. Amen. James 1 and 22 says, but ye, but be ye doers of the word. Be ye what? Doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. James says, if you hear the word and not do it and put it into practice, you're in deception. His next verse says, for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened unto a man beholding himself natural face in a glass. Amen. Next verse says, for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. What James is simply saying in this passage of scripture or in these two verses, he's saying that when you are born again and you begin to act differently from being a born again believer, you have forgotten who you are. He didn't say you change from who you are. He didn't say that you lost who you are. He says you are like a man who looked in the mirror and forgot. He forgot what he looked like. He forgot what he saw. Let's see what else he says. But in the next verse he says, but whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty. We heard Elder Johnson talk about being free. Amen. The law that Christ gives us is a law of freedom. It is the perfect law of liberty. This law is not the law of Moses. This law is not the law that came to condemn because that's what the law of Moses did. The law of Moses came not to bring freedom, but in some respect, it brought bondage. Amen. It didn't bring bondage because the law was bad, but it was bondage because man was bad. His heart was desperately wicked. He could not keep the law. He could not keep what Moses had required of him. So Jesus came. Everybody say Jesus came. Thank God for Jesus. Jesus came to do away with the other law or to fulfill the other law and to give us a replacement. What was that replacement? The replacement of the law that he has given us is the law of liberty, which is one of freedom. God has given us a law of freedom that we are free in him. Amen. Not one uh, of bondage, but one of freedom. So he says, but whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty. Now that makes us another point. You ought to be making sure that you spend way more time looking in the perfect law of liberty than you do looking at the law of Moses. Amen. If you look at the law of Moses forever, what is it going to do? It's going to bind you. Why is it going to bind you? Because it's going to condemn you. The law of Moses is going to do nothing but to say you ain't right. The law of Moses is going to always say there's something else you need to do. There's something else you need to do. And there's something else you need to do. That's what the law of Moses is going to do. But the law of of liberty is saying he did it all. He did it all. He did it all. There's a big difference. He did it all because he could do it all. We could not do it all. That's why we needed a new law. We don't need a new law if we could fulfill the old law. Amen. And so he says here, but whosoever looketh, are you following me today? He says, for whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty, that what kind of law? Perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, that means to do what it says, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be what? Blessed. You know, it's not that you still don't need to obey. Amen. But it's the law of liberty that we have. And you'll be blessed in your deeds if you live your life looking in the epistles. What does the word of God say about me? As a new creature in Christ Jesus, how should I live my life? How should I relate to God? How should I relate to others? Did you know more more scripture is dealing with how we relate to one another than it is about how we relate to God? Listen, if you can't get along with one another, you can forget your relation to God. You don't have a relationship with God if you can't relate with me. 
if we can't relate with each other, there is no relationship with God. It's in this. See, in the Old Testament, it was all about relating with God, God, God. In this one, is relating with God and man. We need to make sure that we walk in love, and that we're able to relate to one another. If me and you got a problem, then me and God got a problem, because God makes sure that I need to love you as He loved me. And if I don't love you as he loved me, then I'm in trouble. Do y'all hear me today? Are you following me? And so uh, he says here, and continueth therein and being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. He says, as long as you understand that you look into the perfect law of liberty, which is the epistles, amen, when you look into what Christ has said to you, what, he, what he's provided for you, he says, if you look into that liberty, into that law, you and do that, then you're going to be blessed in your deeds. James admonish that we must keep looking into the mirror of the word to do the word hence the word deeds or works of the new creature are seen in his deed in, in in are seen as he keeps looking at the identity in the epistles our conduct is therefore reflective of where we put our attention did y'all hear me today so wherever you put your attention is where your, your, your conduct is reflective of where you put your attention. The word uh, or the epistles must be the source where we draw our initiatives from, our desires, and, and even the good works that we do, we ought to get it from the epistles. We must view the epistles not just as pieces of good scripture, but God's revelation of Jesus, but also God's revelation of us, who we are as born again believers. Uh, the book of Philemon chapter one, verse number six, the book of Philemon verse one, chapter uh, chapter one, verse number six says that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. And so one of the ways that what Philemon, Paul was telling Philemon, is that we need to be able to understand and acknowledge all the good things that are in us. Everybody say in us. Amen. That are in Christ Jesus. Because we are in Christ Jesus, there are some good things that are in us. Amen. There's some good things that's in me. There's some good things that are in you because we're in Christ Jesus. Ephesians chapter 1 verse number 16 and I'm moving. Ephesians chapter 1 verse number 16 says this is Paul prayer and his prayer reveals something to us today. He says cease not to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers. What did he say? He's, he's making mention of us where? In his prayers. Paul prayed for us. He prayed for the church of Ephesus, but he prayed for us that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Amen. Paul says, I'm praying for you that you get a spirit of wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. Amen. That means that God wants to give you wisdom. And he says, and revelation. Amen. He says, and revelation. What does it mean to reveal? It means to unfold or to uncover. God wants to uncover some things about him and he wants to uncover some things about you. What does he want to do? He wants to give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation to uncover the knowledge of him so that we can see Christ accurately, so that we can see God accurately, and so that we can ultimately see us accurately. I can't, you can't see me until you see God. You can't see God and see Christ, amen, uh, until he reveals it to you. It has to be revealed to you through revelation. And that's why he prayed that the spirit of wisdom and revelation be in your heart. 
that means that there's some things that you'll never be able to get and grasp from an intellectual standpoint. It has to be revealed to you. It has to be a spirit of revelation. That's why we pray before we get ready to read the word. We pray not just because it's word time. We pray because we want your eyes to be enlightened. We want your eyes to come open. We want you to be enlightened to what is being said here. We want your ears to be open from a spiritual standpoint to receive what the revelation of what God's word is trying to impart in your life. Is anybody in the building today? So therefore, this is not perceived from an academic standpoint. This is perceived through a revelation and a revelatory standpoint that only God will bring in your life. Amen. Do do you follow me today? So that's why Paul says, I'm praying that he may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Next verse, what? The eyes of your understanding. The eyes of your what? Your understanding has to be able to see. You know, you're blind unless God opens your eyesight. And when we're talking uh, talking about your eyesight, we're not talking about your physical eyes. But we're talking about your spiritual eyes. You got to be able to see some things as it relates to the revelation of what he's trying to give to us. And so I'm praying, he's praying that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. What does it mean to be enlightened? That you, you, you come to a place of the light bulb comes on. Oh, I get it. I have an epiphany. I see now. As old folks say, I see now. Amen. It says being enlightened, what? That ye may know. I'm not just getting light enlightened for me to be able to regurgitate some facts and figures to you. I'm not getting enlightened just because I want to make sure, show how wonderful I am and how smart and how great I am in terms of revelation. But why should I need to be enlightened? He says that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of his glory and inheritance in the saints. So really what he wants me to get an understanding of, what he really wants me to get a revelation of, and that's why we got to look in the epistles, is he wants my eyes to come open so that I might see what he has for me and what he has in me. Who are the saints? The saints are not the ones that the Catholic Church dub as the individuals. You are a saint. If you are a born-again believer, you are a saint of God. Everybody in here is a saint if they're saved. Now, if you ain't saved, you need to get saved. Amen. I ain't going to call you a saint. (laughs) But but if you're not saved, if you save, you are automatically a saint. So who is he talking about? He's talking about you. He's talking about me. He's talking about anybody that is born again. He's talking about anyone that is in Christ. Are you following me? And so he says, what? That you may know what is the hope of his calling. Did you know that God has called every one of you? God has called everybody in here. You are called and the call of God. What is the hope of that calling? If God has called me, the God of the universe, the God that created the moon, the stars, that created the seas, that created the flowers, the animals, created me. He has a calling on my life and he has a hope for that calling. He has a plan for my life. He He has something. He's already predestined for my life. What is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of his glory of his inheritance in the saints? It's in me. It's in you. Let's see what else did he say in that that he was praying for. He says, and what the next verse and what is the exceeding greatness See, you can't find this nowhere in the Old Testament because it wasn't talking to none of them in the Old Testament. But this is for the new begin, the newborn again believer. That's why I say you are different from anybody else. Nobody's greater than you are. Amen. There's something for us. He says, what? He says, and, which is a conjunction from the last statement, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us? 
What? And what is the exceeding greatness? It means that what God has done for us is so great that it's exceeding great. It's a great, it's, 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 it's so wonderful what he has imparted into that born again spirit. It is so great what he has implanted in that born again, uh, recreated spirit, that born again believer. He says there's something great here. He says, what is the great, exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? Any believers in the house today? Amen. He says, according to the working of his mighty power. Do you believe that God can do anything? If you believe he can do anything, he has done some great things in you already. According to the working of his mighty power. God has done some things in you and he's doing some things in you right now. Then he says what? When did it happen? Next verse. Which he wrought in Christ. See, he did it in Christ, but he did it for you. He did it in Christ, but he did it for me. He says, when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Did he do what? He said, when he raised him from the dead and set him on it at his own right hand in heavenly places. That's good. That's talking about what he did for him. Now let's see what else he says. Far next verse, far above all principalities. These are talking about rankings of spirits particularly as it relates to any kind of spirit and demonic spirits we don't have to worry about the devil we don't have to be afraid of demons we don't have to worry about what goes bump in the dark because christ has been raised far above any of them amen he's been raised far above principalities and what and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in the world which is to come amen and then the next verse says and hath put all things how many things all things and have put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church he says that everything has been placed under the feet of Jesus. Everything, principalities, powers, all those things that are in the spirit realm. You, you got to believe that there is a spirit realm. In this house right now, there are spirits that are in this place. There's angels that's in this place right now. And so therefore he says that he and he hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things the church. You did you know you as born again believers are the head of all things because Christ was exalted when Christ was exalted you were exalted. Only new creation realities can understand that. Only people that are born again believers can understand and grasp that when Christ was exalted, he helped, he then exalted you because you are a part of the body of what? Christ. When he was exalted, you were exalted. Am I the only one excited about that today? Amen. We are excited. We are exalted. We have a place in heavenly realms, amen, above principalities. We have the ability to, to cast out devils. That's why he talks about that. We are able to speak in new tongues. We can cast out devils and devils have to be subject to us because we are high above principalities and powers and dominion and might. Do y'all follow me today? Because he has exalted, God has exalted Jesus Christ. He has exalted us who are his church. When we say church, we're not talking about this house. We're not talking about the church down the street. We're talking about the people because we are the church. The church, this is just a building that we worship in. But you are the, the church. You are the place, the sanctuary where God dwells. Are you following me today? 
And so he says, verse, the next verse, which is what? His body. Then I just say, y'all, the body. Amen. Which is his body? The fullness of him that filleth all and in all. Amen. When Jesus was exalted, so were the born again persons, the born again believers. We are not in the same position of those who have not yet received the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, that's not a statement of arrogance, but a statement of spiritual fact. Amen. When we, uh, when Jesus was raised from the dead, we too were raised, lifted together with him. But we'll not see this with, with the, we, we, we will not see this with, with the eyes, uh, unless we have the eyes of our understanding enlightened. Unless we look into the word to see what he said about us, we will not know who we are. We'll just think that we just regular folks. We just mere men. But we are more than mere men. When I say men, I'm not talking about gender. I'm talking about humans. Amen. We are more than mere men because we are born again believers. Oh, yes. By the time we get through with this series, you're going to know who you are. And you ain't going to never let nobody tell you differently. You ain't going to never let society label you whatever they want to label you. You will never let nobody, look, wait, 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 before you get to talking crazy, you talking to the wrong person. Because I'm a born again believer. I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. Wait, 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 why you talking crazy? Uh, I, I know you, you see my ethnicity and my, all of those kind of things, but I'm even more than that. I am a born again believer. I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. I've got new things on the inside. I've, uh, uh, that the things that he's putting into me is so, so great. It's exceedingly great. It's, it's, it's some stuff in me that I don't know that what I, I still trying to discover it myself. Amen. I want you to know that God has implanted, he, God has imparted some things in your spirit, in your life, amen, that you, you still have not discovered yet. Don't let your life, don't, don't count yourself out and say, well, I'm not good at this, I'm not good at that, and I'm not good at the other, I'm not good at, listen, you, you don't know what else you got in you. If you give your life to God, if you haven't done so, God has some things in store for you. God has some things in your life. God has some things prepared for your life that you cannot see now. You can only see it once you come into the house. You can only see it once you give your life to Christ. You can only see it. And even then, God has to reveal and give you the spirit of revelation and wisdom so that you can see through his word. This is who I am. This is what I have. This is what I can do. And because of what he did for me, he died my death that I might have eternal life. He took my sicknesses upon his body that I might be healed. He went to the grave and got up that I might have victory over sin, death, and the the grave. He came and exchanged my weakness and then gave me his strength. He gave me everything that I need. Everything that I need is in Jesus. He's satisfied. Joy, he supplies. Life would be worthless without him. All things are in Jesus. Amen. Pastor Danny Jefferson, Senior Pastor of Rehoboth World Outreach Center in Vallejo, California. This has been the Church of the Week, showcasing churches and pulpit ministries from across the greater San Francisco Bay Area. To nominate your congregation for Church of the Week, please email us the name and address of your pastor and church, along with a link to your church's website to churchoftheweek at salemsf.com. Again, that's the name and address of your pastor and church, along with a link to the website and email to churchoftheweek at salemsf.com. While all submissions will be considered, not every submission is guaranteed airtime. Thank you for joining us today, and be sure to tune in again next week at this time for the Church of the Week. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.